Hello, and welcome to the Building Educator Capacity Podcast, where we strive to improve student learning by expanding the capacity of our school districts. I'm Phil Anderson, your host today for this podcast. On this episode, we have a roundtable discussion sharing the story of Royal Oaks Elementary in Sun Prairie, Wisconsin, where they discuss learner variability and universal design for learning. The school leaders and teachers joining us will reveal what Royal Oaks is doing to transform students to be independent and highly engaged learners and career ready. Beth Clark, our CC2 consultant, will be facilitating this conversation. The educators joining us from Royal Oaks include James Ackley, principal of Royal Oaks, entering his 12th year, Joan Bartell, the assistant principal, first grade teacher, Carrie Renault, school counselor Tammy Olson, and school social worker Caitlin Curtin. Each educator will offer unique insight based on their role in the school. Welcome Royal Oaks friends and all of our wonderful listeners. Today we are going to talk about universal design for learning and you may have heard it called UDL, the acronym of course, and we're going to talk about um, that mindset behind UDL and it includes three beliefs and the first one is really to define your firm goal or goals and create multiple ways for students to access and engage in that content, and also multiple ways of action and expression, or for students to really show what they know and understand about that goal. The second belief goes into learning variability, and it truly is the rule and not the exception. So when we are planning for our learners, we want to make sure that we have that in mind so that every single learner brings a different set of experiences, skills, and attributes, and we acknowledge that in the classroom. So the other thing um, with that learner variability is to think about planning differently and not necessarily the one size fits all. So how do we make sure that we are planning for uh, what the learners need, not necessarily what the teacher needs. So thinking about that. And then dismantling barriers to learning is the third belief. And we can do that through intentional planning based on what we already know about our learners and also exercise that flexibility during the learning process. So today specifically, we're going to be focusing on the second UDL belief that I mentioned called learner variability. We're featuring a group of dynamic educators who live the UDL beliefs and can speak from experience on the importance of teaching with learner variability in mind. So let's get started. I'm so excited to have this group together today. And first of all, um, just acknowledging that Royal Oaks Elementary in the Sun Prairie School District has been focusing on universal design for learning for the past eight years. So how has it transformed the learning experiences in your building? Well, I, I can start. This is James Ackley. I'm the, I'm the principal at Royal Oaks. And, uh, and um, you know, it, it's been a process. I, I would certainly say it's been a process from the beginning and, until today. And, and we are firm believers that that process will continue uh, indefinitely, really. But it's really gone from... It's transformed our learning experiences to look at each learner as an individual learner with with certain goals in mind that we ultimately want them to become an expert learner. And the way that we've articulated that to kids is that we want them to be the best teacher they've ever had because they're the only one going with them 
to the next grade and the grade after that and then eventually into college and career ready. So we, we really want to transform those learning experiences into them becoming expert learners or independent learners. And so we've 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 walked this path out from our, our initial learnings of UDL around voice and choice and really environment to be really now more honed in on goals and and barriers and success criteria and, and bringing kids along that journey with us um, and then in goal setting. And so we talk a lot about that. We have two main goals at Royal Oaks for that we focus on. And, and one is to create highly engaged learners, both students and staff who own the learning process and to create culturally relevant teaching practice for our students. So that's really been the transformation in some of the learning as, as a big system. Is, is going from some of the like whole group to more small group to more individualized kind of goal setting variability, creating learners that are independent and effective. You know, I love that piece. Uh, well, all of that. And, and I'm just thinking about Zaretta Hammond's work and how she talks about um, dependent learners and moving those to independent learners. And I know that's a focus actually at Royal Oaks too, that you've read her, her work. And it is so important for those students to be able to know themselves as learners and be able to advocate for themselves as well. And I love that part about they're moving from grade level to grade level the teachers aren't moving with them, right, necessarily, but they are. And so what can they bring to the next grade level and the next grade level? They can bring themselves and what they know about themselves, which is just wonderful. The other piece I was just going to mention is that that comment about having learners, um, not only as students, but that your teachers are also included in that um, learner context and it is so important right that we model that for our students as well that we're all learning together here at Royal Oaks and so that's super exciting so I was just wondering too like for some of the teachers who are with us what is learner variability in your context of what you're teaching hi I'm Carrie Renault first grade teacher um, so the question um, what does vari variability look like in the context where I'm at well, it looks different every single day because every single day kiddos and learners are coming in with different um, things in their luggage. Maybe they didn't have breakfast or maybe they're super excited because they just lost a tooth. It all depends on the day. And we know that learning is a process and we try to teach that to our learners. And we all need something different every day to become successful. Sometimes they need one-on-one -on -one time. Sometimes they learn best with others. Sometimes they learn best when they can record their answers rather than write them or listen to their books and talk about it rather than reading the books on their own. So I guess that's what variability looks like to me. And it's inclusive to all because every single learner needs something different and it's our job as teachers to find that pathway that we can create for them to be successful and also have them, them being the learners, um, be a part of that design. Carrie, that just reminds me of um, one of those, you know how you see those graphics out there and this isn't a meme, but it's just like a graphic out there and it says, 
it shows, you know, different arrows taking different pathways or different paths. And it says, just because I'm on a different path doesn't mean I'm on a wrong path. And doesn't that just resonate with you? That's exactly right. I mean, if somebody's taking a different way, it's a way that works for them. So thank you for pointing that out. Um, you know, as we think about learner variability, how does that work within the UDL framework? I think, James, you touched a little bit up, upon that, but does anybody want to add to what that means in the UDL framework for you? How does it actualize? Well, I don't I know. Um, I'm Tammy Olson. I'm the school counselor at Royal Oaks and thinking about, you know, if this is exactly what you wanted for the, your question, but thinking back to what Carrie said about social emotional learning and how student social emotional growth is is one child is different from the other so you know and building that strength because if they're not feeling social and emotionally well academically is going to be you know more difficult for them so we need to really stress that part of it too oh absolutely right if that foundation of feeling good secure safe ready to learn if that stage isn't set, it's difficult for any of that content or academic to even sink in. And in the UDL framework, um, in each section or each principle, they actually have a piece where it talks about executive function skills that also include social and emotional pieces that help support and that students will need variability as we look at that as well. They have different needs, right? not only with academics, but with their social and emotional needs as well. And I also think it like the goal of UDL is to create expert learners and expert learners are goal-driven. They're self-regulated and they are, um, they're learners, they're lifelong learners. And that's what we're trying to create. And so seeing that variability and acknowledging it and designing that path for them to become successful is what is that like the framework is the foundation of how all of this how all of these pieces that we have SEL equity and PBIS and responsive classroom you can't have a solid foundation of UDL without all of those in place and so I think that helps but that helps and the foundation for the universal design is so important to have. And we're, when, when, we, when I look at that question, this is James again, the principal, which should be easy, the only male voice. So that uh, should be easy to identify from here on out. But um, we really try to incorporate our learner variability into our UDL framework through the three pillars, right? Through engagement, representation, and action expression. So part of our journey has been learning how to dialogue as professional learning communities how we can create variability to engage all of our learners. How can we create variability to represent information? Uh, how can we present variability to allow kids to express themselves and, and show their learning? And ironically, I was just having a, a conversation with uh, our fifth grade team yesterday during our PLC time, and they were discussing some writing standards. And, and it's like, how how we can how we can show proficiency with these particular writing standards and and the conversation came back to uh, learner variability that you need to look at your learners and they've got to figure out their barriers in achieving that or meeting that standard 
and, and you as a teacher do too, right? And this isn't just a teacher figures this out. This is through conferring, through small group work, through collaborating with the learner, because ultimately we want to make them an expert learner. And this is how you do that. So we had a great conversation around writing standards and, and what does that look like to get to that end result? Can kids dictate things into, you know, recorders? Can I mean, how can it look differently uh, to meet that standard? So that was a that was a great example of educators in this in this case our fifth grade team incorporating learner variability into the UDL framework. Yeah, and you know what? That leads right into the next question about planning because that's exactly what you were doing with those fifth grade teachers. Is just really thinking about you know, how do we plan for uh, that firm goal, right, with learner variability in mind. And so when we think about that planning piece, what does that look like for, um, for those of you who are teachers here? Because what I hear often out in the field is, you know, how do I do that? How do I plan for all of these different learners? I mean, Beth, I can't do that. Like, how am I supposed to, I, it's hard enough to plan for one learning experience for all. How do I plan differently so that other, you know, this learner variability can be of utmost importance when I'm planning? When planning for variability, a lot of the work happens when we meet as teams in our PLCs and discuss the barriers and success criteria needed to be proficient. Um, after we have discussed and found some solutions and strategies, we then use the lesson designer that we got from CAS to design our lessons. We are also meeting with our instructional coach and discussing small group lessons and trying to figure out how we can best serve our learners and what we can do to help them become successful. Another thing that we are using are assessments as tools rather than just something to accomplish. We are looking at them and trying to figure out what each learner needs and design our lessons and small groups accordingly. It's also a time that we can give feedback and support back to the learner and they can reflect and grow as well. And we can also tweak our design, our lesson designs to meet the needs of the learners. We created, oh. a, we created a template based off of a cast, um, a cast document. And mm -hmm. we've, I think we're on version three or four right now. And um, it, it addresses the standards, the success criteria that we want to see the learners meet is kind of, and then it, it brings, it incorporates in the, the PLC questions, you know, what do you want your learners to know? How you know if they know it? What will you do if they don't? And what do you do if they already know it? So the, the kind of the mm -hmm. PLC 101. And we've also embedded in some culturally responsive practices into that template. So that is kind of a, a way for teachers to do some unit design, looking at barriers, variability, culturally responsive practices. You referenced it, you referenced uh, Zaretta Hammond's uh, culturally responsive teaching in the brain book. We did a book study as a district last year during COVID. And um, we, learned, we learned a lot about culturally responsive practices. And so we want to embed those into our planning. So we, we added those to that CAST template. So it's kind of a, uh, a one-stop shop for planning around our units. Mm -hmm. Big picture. Big picture. Go ahead, Joan. Um, this is Joan Bartle. I'm the associate principal. Um, I was just going to kind of piggyback off 
of what James said. You know, even though UDL in and of itself is, um, if you're believing in it and you're following it, it's a very equitable framework all by itself. But as we know, we need to continually be bringing up, you know, our own biases and, um, you know, really be reflecting on everything that we do. So the reason that we put in uh, specific questions around, you know, these, what James is calling the, the culturally responsive questions is just to really keep it at the forefront because it's easy. And, and what we often do is we will kind of slide past the questions that really need to be asked. You know, we don't always even mean to, but we do. And so like one of the things that we talk about is whose voices, perspectives, or experiences are marginalized or missing from this unit. So, you know, that is an easy thing, especially as um, uh, mostly white staff to just kind of slide past if we're not really keeping it at the forefront of our thoughts. And so we wanted to just, until we get really, really good at this, um, we wanted to have those questions there. So I just wanted to give a little bit more background about, you know, exactly why that's, we added this to the template. Thank you for that, Joan. And it's so important because there are times, there are different things you have to call out at different times until they become part of just your practice, your way of doing business. And that I, I love that you're adding that because what you're doing is dismantling a barrier right there by asking you know, those questions. And we need to make sure that those questions that we're asking uh, really are creating the space for all learners to be um, included and in creating that inclusive environment. You know, it's so interesting because as we dive into universal design for learning, you will often hear it being called the educational justice framework. And it truly is um, building in all of those pieces, just like you're doing at Royal Oaks. And, you know, so that every single learner has access um, and able to make an impact um, with, with the content and the goals. So let's take a look at, you know, I was thinking about that one size fits all method. And we know, I mean, especially I'm speaking to the choir here, that it, it really is not a, a way to do work anymore as, as it relates to the classroom and education. And so let's take a look at when you are planning for variability and you see it in action, what are some of the characteristics or um, some of those those pieces like dispositions even, what are you seeing in the classroom when you plan for variability instead of planning for one size fits all? Um, I, I guess from a teacher's perspective, I'm seeing more engagement with the kids. I'm seeing uh, kids or learners collaborating with one another. I'm seeing kiddos taking risks and um, trying new things and self-assessing themselves and reflecting on what works well and what didn't work well. And I think that reflection piece in our classrooms are, is really important as well. I think um, also you see pride, you know, feel good about their work and feel proud of what they're doing because it matches their, their learning style. I think it makes kids feel more comfortable and creates a certain culture at our school of feeling heard and seen and valued 
um, and just helps to build that school or that classroom community. And when you when you when you use a one size fits all model, you have huge achievement gaps. You have, you know, kids who aren't feeling emotionally safe. You have kids who are are, are not learning how to overcome their barriers and, and address their barriers and brainstorm and collaborate with with teachers to figure out how to overcome those things and and, and we certainly are, are not a school without any gaps right I, I don't want to present this image that royal oaks doesn't have achievement gaps my gosh we have achievement gaps we have kids who are, are still working on their social and emotional state we have kids with trauma we've got kids that have needs and and so this is part of the work and and i and i hope that if we ever did a podcast 10 years down the road 20 years down the road 30 years down the road I would be I would be making great um, great comments and, and showing results and, and improvement and, and eventually eliminating some of those things. But right now it's a it's a work in progress. But mm -hmm. I, I think that by eliminating that one size fits all and looking at, at UDL, the framework of UDL in those three areas, using variability, you're engaging, like Carrie said, you're engaging your kids more and you're creating a safer learning environment where kids truly are highly engaged learners who own the learning process. And so we as a staff have defined that, defined what a highly engaged learner looks like. And we've used words like persevere and resilience. And we've talked about our zones of regulation that, that our classroom teachers and our counselor and our social worker reference all the time when talking to kids about working through some of their, their emotional barriers or some of the things that are preventing them from, from tackling the, the goal and moving forward. So. I mean, we're, we're, we're figuring it out, uh, but it, it's fun. I, I'll be honest with you. This is like year 28 for me. And this has really rejuvenated my attitude around planning instruction and using assessment and engaging kids in the process. And boy, did would I do some things, you know, that I, I would love to do differently years and years ago, but I'm excited about where we're going as a staff. I was just going to say, it's so exciting to hear that because uh, you know, that is exactly how I look at um, universal design for learning, too, is that it is something that it, it does rejuvenate. It makes you look. I think, Joan, you talked a little bit about like being intentional about having things in the forefront. And as you start planning and you um, see it actualize in your classroom, and just these, just seeing these dispositions and these smiling faces and the students really getting those aha moments, it's just goosebumps. Like I have goosebumps right now just talking about it because it is, it, it truly is a framework that supports every single learner in your classroom, which is something that we strive for every day. Um, it's so that students feel affirmed and welcomed and whole as they come into our classrooms and that their learning space makes them feel whole, that, that they know that their voice is being heard. And this is one way that, you know, when you're conferring with kids, you talked about conferring as well and being co-designers, that this is just a phenomenal way to do to do um, our work in the in the schools with kids. So it's just so exciting to hear this happening at Royal Oaks. So I was just wondering too, um, as far as getting people started with this, um, with especially planning for learner learning variability or learner variability, what what do you suggest? I know that Carrie, you were talking about here are some different ways that I offer for students to, um, as far as assessments and so on. 
how do you, where do you think teachers could start and um, continue some of their planning and, and designing of learning experiences? Um, to start, I think like it begins with the child and getting to know them and having them create, and you're creating that trust and um, comfortable comfortability level with them. And also I think working as a team and having support from leaders in your um, schools as well. When you're planning for it, I think it's just look at things that reflect on yourself, you know, like make sure that you're using like some video that you have closed captioning that like when you're showing different things that you're using multiple mediums when you are teaching the lesson as well as when you want that response for the student and look at the standards that you're using. And I, I know in one of our UDL trials, we realized that um, working with um, CISA 2 and also the educator effectiveness, we were able, kiddos in our class and learning learners were, um, did not have to write the stuff necessarily, it was to create a piece with a beginning and a middle and uh, with a beginning, middle and end. And that gives you even more freedom to become, um, to work with the variability in your classroom and for allow opportunities, more opportunities for kids to be successful. So I think just looking at that kind of stuff and, and trying to look at all avenues on how you're teaching. Fabulous. You know, I, I often think about when you're planning, uh, just like you said, plan options, right? And then when, as you're doing those intentional um, design moves, some of those intentional design moves might not, because a student may come in that day variable, right? Feeling different than they did yesterday. So the planning might need to shift actually when you're in the learning experience, right? And so I often say, do that intentional planning, be proactive, provide options and scaffolds for students, and also um, have flexibility when you're in that moment, because the student will often tell you what they need, right? And so really being responsive in the moment is important too, as you're thinking about variability. I had um, an example just recently, I was talking with a um, curriculum director, and she said, I went into two classrooms, the same exact lesson in math, and one teacher provided just the opportunity to use like their finger or whatever they had to do some kind of um, proportion estimating. And then she went into the other classroom and they, they had the option of using seesaw, their finger, a ruler, paper and pencil. So just having a few different options. Um, and she said, you could just see the difference in the classrooms that of engagement where the students were able to choose which method they were going to use to do those proportion estimates. And um, she said, it, it was just an incredible difference. And so just providing some of those options for, for students to choose which method works for them to engage in that content is just one way to think about it as well. And I'd be amiss if I didn't say, you know, we just spent a, a full day and we've been just submerging ourselves in the PLC work, right? Just, I, I would encourage teachers to start collaborating with each other to, to start brainstorming ways to um, get started and just, just do it. I mean, if, if you sit there and you wait for the, a perfect way to do it, you're never going to start. So just jump in and start talking about how you can design units and lessons 
with variability uh, as a team. Bring and then also, boy, I tell you what, your EL teachers are huge resources for kids where English is a second language. There are some great strategies. Your counselors, your social workers, your psychs have great tips and suggestions for kids who are dealing with anxiety or, or trauma. Your, your special ed teachers are, are experts on, on dealing with kids who have learning disabilities and just, just you're a team and together we're better. So using the, that PLC time, that professional learning community to just collaborate. And then you know what, you can jump online and you can, you can find webinars on, on Katie Novak is a big name in, in UDL. Um, there's UDL Now, there's, there's all sorts of texts out there. CAST is an amazing website. We've sent teachers to uh, this, the summer symposium prior to COVID. We sent Carrie and, and other teachers out to Boston for that summer symposium. There's ways to start learning um, how to embed it in, in, in everything, how to embed not only variability, but different ways to engage kids, represent information and express stuff when, through your work. Well, ultimately, I think it's the, all of the learning that we're doing as a community. And the, the more you dive into it, it just becomes, I think, like you said, Beth, it just, it's a mindset shift. It's, it's, it changes the way that you think about education. You're looking at it through a new lens now, a lens that is inclusive, a lens that recognizes variability, that you're um, noticing what the barriers are and you're trying to fix them. But it's not a thing that you do. It's it's a super messy process and you fall down, but then you get right back up and you have people that support you. And I think James and Joan have created this beautiful community that supports all of us and looks at us as whole people and not just as, you know, like a one size fits all. And so I think having leaders like them, we are able to grow as humans as well. And that's exactly what we want for our learners. Wow. I think, I think we just need to leave on that note. That is just beautiful. So the Royal Oaks community not only is fostering this with their students, but also with your staff. And what better way to model um, is through your leadership modeling for you as staff members so that you can also do that with your students, um, which is just fan fantastic. I just want to just let you all know, too, that James was just talking about some resources to get started. And, and just to emphasize Katie Novak and her um, consulting, Novak Consulting is a fantastic way to get started. Lots of great resources. Cast.org is another great resource to take a look at the framework and dig in a little bit. But there are tons of other resources um, out there as well if you just do a search and you'll find um, some really wonderful resources to get started. But also one of the books that really changed my belief and way of thinking and doing um, is The Myth of Average by Todd Rose. And that came out several years ago. And he also has some TED Talks, but really, really makes a point about not only in education, but in um, many different facets of, of life, how average does not work. For us because we are humans and so as you take a look at that if you have a chance to take a look at the TED talk there's a point on learner variability too and he talks about the average shoe size is eight and a half and and says okay you know 
would we have a marathon runner put on a, a shoe that doesn't fit and run the marathon? We absolutely would not do that. We would find the right fit for that athlete or that runner. And so as we think about that in education, that that one size fits all philosophy doesn't really work. We encourage you to take a look at what universal design can do for you, for your staff. And as you heard today, this wonderful story of Royal Oaks and how they have implemented universal design and how it is fostering to everyone in the building. So we encourage you to reach out if you have any questions. Uh, you can reach out to beth.clark at cisa2.org and I can connect you to the staff if you're ready to get started and are interested in learning more about learner variability or UDL as a framework. Thank you to everyone for joining us for this wonderful episode of the Building Educator Capacity Podcast. As they mentioned, your learners need to have active participation in their learning. They must share the barriers that they have in their learning so that any educators can help the students overcome those barriers and reach their goals. One size fits all learning won't work for everyone. So by having the students work together with the coaches and any other applicable educators, learners will be on the path to reach their career goals. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Building Educator Capacity Podcast. Be the first to know when our next episode lands. Subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Special thanks to Ms. Liz Elliott, band teacher from Whitewater Middle School, for providing the music for this podcast. Hope you join us next time.